Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Master as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 524, where only your best friends try to kill you. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys How are you doing? Guys? Stereo. <laughs> I'm well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a few weeks since uh, we recorded. Did you guys have a nice Independence Day? It was pretty good. What'd you do? Did you do anything? Fire off some fireworks? Barbecue? No, no. We, we, uh, my dad made a uh, pulled pork, which he had never done before, Ooh. which was delicious. And he did a really good job with it. But we went over there for dinner. Gemma decided on the 4th that she likes fireworks and wanted to set some off and wanted to buy big fireworks. Uh, Sarah convinced her not to, <laughs> <laughs> just in the fact of last year she didn't like them at all. Mm. Um, so we bought some little ones and set them off and still have more left over that we didn't set off just because by the time we got back home and it was dark enough to Jimmo was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Ironically, we could have stayed up and done them with Liam because he was, he's been up a lot lately. We uh, went over to my folks. Uh, I was actually off for the four actual on the fourth for once in a long time. I was, I guess I've been off the last two years because they fell on a weekend, but uh, this is the first time it fell during the week that I've been off for, um, actual the actual holiday so we took advantage and went over to my parents and had a cookout played some family games and then did some fireworks and this right in the street out in front of their house that's pretty much it nice we had a pretty low-key uh, day um very similar just kind of uh, hung out and bought uh, about i don't know 25 dollars worth of uh things that go bang and then went up to the mound and watched everybody else shoot off their stuff and mm. came home called it a night you guys watch anything recently? I think we all decided we're all caught up on Obi-Wan, right? Yes. What do you guys think of the end? Uh, the end is really good. Um, it's lots of fan service, but, uh, really intense. Um, it's kind of everything I wanted out of the series as a whole. The series as a whole for me was a bit up and down. I kind of felt like there it had strengths and it had weaknesses. Overall, I enjoyed it uh, and it was a good series. But uh, there was just there were times that I kind of felt like I wanted Obi Wan to come around sooner. I wanted him to be a little wiser than he acted. Um, it sort of works better now in hindsight that it doesn't because I think this is what gives us the wizened Obi Wan from A New Hope. I think it's this instance this situation that gave him the wise you know the 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 enwisened version that we have and i really super liked the ending that i think somebody an actor certain actor lied to me so i was really <laughs> grateful that uh, that certain actor lied to me because that was a very pleasant mm -hmm. surprise that was a nice surprise which actor <laughs> the, the surprise cameo the surprise cameo at the end Oh, somehow Palpatine returned? Yeah, that was a big surprise. <laughs> returned? <laughs> he was in it. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he did return in that. I mean, that that's, yeah. that's only half a joke. <laughs> and looked better than he did in Revenge of the Sith. That is yeah. Really <laughs> um, I, I agree. I, I, I very much feel like this, this is not the Obi-Wan series I wanted but it's very much the Obi-Wan series I think we needed, if that weirdly makes sense. And there, there were so many things that were done differently. You know, I, I was not expecting an Obi-Wan with PTSD. I was not expecting an Obi-Wan who was already so unplugged and distant and having to kind of relearn who he is. Um, I wanted him to be you know, cocky, self-assured, 
Sith Lords are a speciality, taking out General Grievous Obi-Wan. That's that's the that's who I wanted. Uh, and it takes him a while to get into that groove. But when you look at the events of the series as a whole and what has come before and how tormented and tortured he is over the things that have happened and where he winds up, it totally fits. It, it's, it's a beautiful arc. And I think the only misstep, quite honestly, is the fact that it's a series. I think... I, somebody else mentioned this, that if you were to sit down and just mainline this now that it's out as all six parts in one go as a six-hour movie, I think it would flow a lot better. I think the halt and, and, and you know start and stop of each week as an episode comes and the kind of cliffhanger notion of it, I think that kind of harmed the flow a little bit. And I think if you were to sit down and just ingest it all at once, it would it would flow a lot better for the story that they're telling. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, it was originally concepted as a movie. Yeah. And the original screenwriter got quite a bit of writing credit uh, for the series itself, both in its creation and, like, there was a couple episodes where he just pretty much got full credit for writing it. I did, so I, they took a lot of that out of it and then added more to it. Well, so, I, mean, I, I read that the, 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 the stuff that's in there would have resolved differently. But you're right. There yeah. was there was two that they were heavily in, influenced, but that overall the story changed considerably from what the film would have been. But you're right. But, there, yeah, there's but, two, yeah, there are two in there that was a lot of the meat of the original film uh, treatment. Yeah, so that's probably why it does have that feel of it could have been sat down as one digestible chunk. I can see. I that. honestly yeah. can't wait to sit down and do it as one, just to kind of relive it and 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 see how much that does change the the flavor of it. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, John, I, you I, need to I read really the uh, Legends book Kenobi because it's very much in line with this, except it stays on Tatooine the whole time. Um. So I, having read that book, I kind of this is what I expected from Obi Wan, Obi Wan Kenobi series, except for the where the actual adventure goes as far as the character mm. is it's kind of was step in line what i expected from the series so i was okay, cool i was happy with it the whole time pretty much had you guys seen the uh comparisons for episode one two three four five six mirroring each of the different uh first six films in the series Mm-mm. Mm-mm. obi-wan the episode one uh mirrors phantom menace because it takes place on tatooine it's um you know, uh, parallels of the chosen chosen one growing up in seclusion on Tatooine, which is Luke growing up in seclusion with his, his uh, folks. Amidala, you know, growing up on a different home world. Um, and then the, comparing to Leia, uh, two mirrors attack of the clones because they end up going to that planet that has kind of the, the inner city and there's the uh, espionage and, and uh, the... Um, no, this, you know, this, or they're being chased by bounty. Yeah, hunters. exactly. Even down to the fact that somebody tries to sell Obi Wan uh, the the sticks. The what do they call them? Uh, death sticks. Death sticks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think she's selling spice. But oh, and that's did you know that that gal is uh, Ian McGregor's actual daughter? I knew she was in there somewhere. Yeah, but she's the one was. that tries to sell him the thing. Anyway, uh, then episode three, Revenge of the Sith, especially with the fight between the first fight between Obi Wan and, and Vader, and the and the fire. You know, the, the, it's kind of the reverse where Obi Wan's the one that's pulled into the fire. Um, four is a new mirrors a new hope. Um, I can't remember what they they said was a lot of the parallels to that. Um, and then uh, five and six mirror from oh god i don't remember what how five went well five would be the empire strikes back which is yes. the assault on the base oh right yeah exactly the yeah. assault on the base was was the mirror there and then of course the, the last one being the uh, the final battle and the almost redemption <laughs> it felt like we're going there but it, you know obviously couldn't go there so hmm. That's kind of cool. I hadn't, yeah. no, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't seen that. I mean, they're not obviously they're not direct parallels of each other, but there are a lot of parallels within them. So I can't remember what four they said paralleled. Although it takes play. Oh, I know why. It's because they have to go in there and rescue Leia, 
And that's what happens in A New Hope oh, is they have to yes. go in there and rescue <laughs> Leia from the Imperial stronghold. <laughs> huh. It's a little easier getting out the, this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> do the do the Muppet walk. Yep, and then uh, we watched uh, all of Stranger Things. Uh, we're all caught up on that. We mainlined that. My family's been really into that, so we mainlined all six and a half episodes, or uh, not episodes, six and a half hours. Uh, four, uh, <laughs> actually, it was closer to six hours. Um, no, that's not true. Two and a half and 145. Yeah, well, almost six hours. <laughs> Five something. And then, uh, which we quite enjoyed that. I'm not going to spoil that because I know you guys are remarkably behind me. I wasn't... I've, was surprised to find out and then um i'm all caught up on ms marvel and i thought tonight's episode although quite short was um very very good um it feels like a bit of a rush to the end especially since we only have one more episode next week but we'll see where it goes i'm thoroughly enjoying ms marvel yeah me too me too i'm very disappointed i'm so far behind (laughs) i really like the first episode it's just getting the time to sit down and watch it i'm really excited to see uh, thor love and thunder this weekend too yes me too did you hear <laughs> apparently uh taika watiti was uh chatting with natalie portman at <laughs> one of the many press junkets and he asked her uh he said kind of offhandedly so i'm working on this uh, star wars yeah. movie and <laughs> would, would, would you be interested in being in it and she went, what? <laughs> and he was have, you ever, like, have you ever wanted to be in a Star Wars yeah. movie? Yeah. Have you ever wanted to be in a Star Wars movie? She's like, I, I was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I know there's people out there that like to pretend the prequels don't exist, but come on. <laughs> Did you guys watch anything else? Catch up on any films? Yes, and now for the life of me, I can't remember <laughs> what, it, uh, what it was, so it must not have been very good. Oh, you know, I yeah. this has probably been since we recorded. I finally watched The Batman, um, and I was remarkably impressed, although I went into it with a bar set amazingly low. But um, I, I was I was uh, very pleased that the story is is very well told. It's very captivating. And I did not hate Robert Patterson as as uh, the Batman. Um, I hated him as uh, Bruce Wayne, but I didn't hate him as Batman. So, yeah, I wasn't impressed with his Bruce Wayne either. His Bruce Wayne was just kind of there, just kind yeah. of OK. But, uh, yeah, but little, Batman was he was a little good. too moody and brooding, I thought. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was an interesting take for it. Yeah, I, else I commend him for him better, or for uh, I commend him for taking a different approach, I suppose, with Bruce Wayne than we've had. Um, yeah, okay, there it was. Uh, we went and saw the Minions: The Rise of Gru, mm. and it's cute. Oh. Uh, it, it's probably the weakest of the 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 the, the whole Minion Crew Despicable Saga mm-hmm. thing, um, but the, you know. I, mainly because I, once again, I feel like they showed way too much in all of the different previews. I yeah. really felt like I'd seen the whole movie by the time the nineteenth trailer rolled around. They seem to do that with some of those an, too, with those too. animated films. Yeah, that's true. But uh, there's 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 still a few good jokes that were were left hidden. Um, and then uh, <laughs> for our Friday night uh, friends movie, we watched Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Oh. <laughs> Over, I, f- I forgot that that was a movie. Yeah, I forgot that that was a movie. Well, it's weird that, you know, okay, so there's this announcement and then a trailer and it's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, you're making a new Beavis? No, you made a new Beavis. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of snuck releasing. up. <laughs> Wait, it's this week? Yeah. Okay. I mean, how no did that happen? There. Yeah, there was zero uh, yeah. hype for it. It just kind of was like, ta-da, we did a thing. Um. And I'm kind of ashamed to say that, you know, 30 years later, I still giggle. <laughs> this dumb. God, are these guys dumb? But, um, yeah. No. Now, there's a joke. Here's the benefit to this. Right at the beginning of the movie, like, the best joke in the movie is literally the first five minutes. 
So you can watch that and call it good. And then turn it you off. Really, <laughs> you can turn it off and stop at that point. If you continue, then you're in for more of the same kind of, yeah. you know, you, you have to enjoy Beavis and Butthead in order to sit through the rest of it. Um, it. It's not as good as Beavis and Butthead do America. I'll tell you, I used to love Beavis and Butthead back in the day, and I even enjoyed Beavis and Butthead do America. I recently, and by recently, I mean in the last year or two, uh, sat down and watched a couple of Beavis and Butthead episodes, and and it's completely lost on me now. I just I don't I don't even think it's funny anymore, and I I couldn't even figure out what I thought was so funny about it the first time. Sometimes you go back and you think, okay, something's not as funny, but the nostalgia of it or the mm-hmm. way it struck you at the time still makes it kind of makes you giggle. But it didn't for me, and I thought I don't know what has changed so much with me because obviously it's me the 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 uh, program didn't change any it was the same program that i watched but um i just i wondered about that so when i saw that there was a new movie i thought eh, i'll probably pass on that one but maybe i'll take your advice and watch the five minutes get to that joke chuckle a bit and then turn it off i'm i'm kind of it's, it's one of those jokes that i'm ashamed to admit i had tears running down my face <laughs> i couldn't breathe i mean i was and you know the guy now again this is one of those situations where you know we're watching with friends so mm-hmm. yeah. that made it funnier right. than it probably really was but at the same time they were concerned for me so <laughs> I, I i was uh, I, I was laughing that hard um, and then later afterwards, Mel had a party that night, so she missed out on, on the majority of it and then finally joined <laughs> in late. She was chuckling through the end of it and uh, sent everybody home and did the thing, you know. And I said, okay, I got to show you this thing. And so I booted it back up so that I could show her the joke. She's like, wait, I said, I need two minutes. Just <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me show you this thing. Right. And I, and I start giggling because I know what's coming. And they did the thing. And I went right back into it. And just the same level, the same fit of hysterics, the same. And, and she's laughing too, but she's also looking at me going, dude, are you all right? And it just, you know, it's like, yeah. that's a five-star joke right there. That, that, that's a, like I said, the rest of the movie does not maintain that, that caliber of it, mm-hmm. but it, but it's all right. So. <laughs> oh, we also saw Jurassic uh, World Dominion, by the way. So. Oh, yeah, so I kept, I, I, I have felt with every sequel, it's been diminishing returns. I thought mm-hmm. Jurassic World was a nice kind of comeback up. I think, you know, Jurassic Park is the pinnacle. Then the second movie was okay. The third movie was a fun popcorn flick. Then Park was really good, but then I was so disappointed with uh, Fallen Kingdom that I really worried about this one. This is no epic masterpiece, best movie ever, but it is so much fun. It gave the the characters that it brings back from the first film, it gives them as more screen, screen time than I expected. I sort of expected more of a kind of like Ghostbusters Afterlife, where we would get them kind of in the last, you know, part of the film, but they really wouldn't have as much to do as they as as they do. And so I was very pleased with that. Um, I, I really liked, it really kind of felt like a stamp of closure and a culmination of all of the films. And so I was very, very pleased. Hmm. And the Barbasol can showed up. So I was immensely happy that that, (laughs) (laughs) even though it didn't, they didn't use it in any way that I thought they should have used it. At least Dotson had it. (laughs) triggered and to bring <laughs> and to bring that character back <laughs> was insane <laughs> okay now i'm gonna move that up on my two watch list <laughs> uh, but yeah i yeah, I, the, I thoroughly enjoyed it the the, the barbara can triggered me <laughs> I... <laughs> oh i i did a i did a um i did a um air punch because that's the one thing I kept. I've been bugging my family about. As I said, you can't just leave that. I understand what happened. Spielberg has explained that the focus was on that because they intended to do something with it later. And then when they wrote the second film, it didn't go the way that they originally had he envisioned it. So they just discarded it altogether. I understand why. It's just you can't give me Chekhov's Barbasol can and yeah. then not fire it in the final chapter. And at least they didn't they didn't fire it, but they showed it to me in the final chapter. So that was just that was I guess satisfying enough. 
I guess I didn't tell you that our, our family dinner show, we finished uh, Resistance finally. Oh, what did you think of Resistance? You know, it gets better as it goes. It is nowhere near... I mean, it's, it is the weakest of the of the Star Wars shows for sure. Um, it's nowhere near the quality of Clone Wars or Rebels. Um, but it, it, it has its own kind of weird charm if you stick with it. Mm-hmm. But it, just yeah, it shouldn't have been called Resistance. It could have been called. It should have been called Star Wars something else. I don't. I don't know what the subtitle should have been, but it should not have been Resistance because it has hardly anything to do with the Resistance. Yeah, and I mean they kind of sort of get there eventually, but it, only barely, <laughs> it, only barely. And it takes so long to get around to it. That it was kind of like, eh. and you know, now that we've seen it, it's kind of like, okay, good. I can check it off the list. I, I, I won't go back to that one. Yeah. I, I can see myself rewatching rebels. I still, Wars, I need but, to finish it. Cause I watched the first episode and the first episode was so bad that I was like, I'm not even sure I'm going to finish this series. So, yeah, like I said, it, it's it was a struggle. There were times that we were like, Ugh. and Kazuda. There are times where you know he's he's an okay character, and then there are other times where he's such a monumental klutzy goof. I mean, he's like on Jar Jar Binks level of annoying, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. uh, this is the hero, huh? Okay, <laughs> just uh, I'm gonna grit it and go through with it because we only have two seasons of it, so now we can say we've we, we've watched it and cross it off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so this this might be the Jurassic Park might be the replacement show for the for dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss in story order all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, well, let's get rolling on our reviews. This time we are reviewing uh, the Warmaster box set series six, right? Killing Time. (laughs) Sorry to keep you waiting. Not at all. Barely a moment to myself. Have you ordered? From Big Finish Productions, the War Master, Killing Time. Perhaps the time has come for you to head back to Gallifrey and admit defeat. Defeat? The streets boil with panic. They whisper the Empress has gone mad. I need it here more than ever. They think that the Empire is falling. It is not. It will continue. And so will I. We need to move now. If she's to be overthrown, we need to strike. No, no. It is over. She's won. Are you giving up? I just need to go and pick up a few things. That's not possible. You can't be. You, you're, you're him. The master. In the flesh. You took everything from me. Now it's my turn to take it from you. Why have you come back? You once told me the truths come out when it's most convenient. Well, it's now most convenient for me. Big Finish. We love stories. The first story is the sincerest form of flattery, which gets a dun, dun, dun of the highest magnitude. Oh, really? Wow. I loved this first story. Well, go ahead and go first then. Um it's maybe it's simply because we've done so many war masters in a row and that we've gotten so used to his MO and how he operates and how he butters people up. And then he, you know, sticks the knife in and twists it around a little bit or, you know, pulls the rug out from under him here. He's, he's right at it, right out of the gate. And, Oh, we're going to go and do the thing. And his, and nobody will talk to him. He can't get forms. There's a bureaucracy that's styming him, and he sits in wrong chairs, and you know, just on and on and on and on. He can, he just can't seem to get any traction at all. And this uh, this Calantha lady is there 
uh, openly mocking him. And they, they kind of develop this, this relationship. And as she begins this meteoric rise through the ranks, and he keeps coming up with these schemes to put into place to install a puppet dictatorship that, of course, he will be behind the scenes pulling the strings of. And she's kind of there doing the legwork and, 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 and doing it, you know, quote unquote, for reals. Um, and then they finally get to the point where they're having meals together and they're very pleasant and yet not. Um, I just, I loved the characterization of this. I loved Calantha. I thought she was an amazingly strong, not quite equal. And yet she was because she kind of managed to counter everything the master came up with. And it's so rare that we get a story where he's not on top. I mean, obviously, when the master goes up against the doctor, he loses. But in all of these stories, the war master is, is not up against the doctor for mm -hmm. the majority of them. And so he wins all of the engagements. He, he's and We're kind of rooting for him to win the engagements. And so for him to get this, boom, right out of the box and be on his back foot through the entire story, well, it was such a delight to hear. I think I, I would counter that with, I don't even think he's on his back foot the entire time. It's just, they do this beautiful dance of one upmanship. Each time mm -hmm. one gets ahead of the other, the other comes from behind and gets ahead of the other. And it's this, it's this back and forth dance between the two that I think is, is woven very nicely. So I don't yeah. even think he's on his back footing the whole time. It's, it's, it's like you said, he's almost met his match in the uh, connivingness that he is able to portray. Perhaps, yeah, it's, that's a better it's way. It's not that he's on his back foot. He's one, just one step behind the entire time. There you go. That's better. Yeah, but um, I think she's 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 equally one step behind each time too. That's why I think that they take turns. Yeah, they take they kind of take forth. turns. Yeah. But uh, just the, the the characterizations, the 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 verbal sparring, the, uh, the as you pointed, the, the dance that was just beautiful. And it's rare that you can do just a character development piece. You know, because normally we have a big space battle or, a, you know, especially during a, a, a time war. Where are the Daleks at? You know, but it's, so it, it's rare that you get that kind of a story. And I just relished it. It was beautifully told. It was wonderfully uh, scripted and performed. Everything about it worked for me. Um, this, this is the, the stuff that, you know, as an actor, I imagine they were just page turning and going, oh, yeah, you know, and, just salivating over these scenes and then the end when uh she you know plays her trump card and reluctantly oh so reluctantly uh <laughs> takes over as as empress of the stagnant protocol and uh his henchman is going on about well we'll go and do this we'll go to that and he's like just let her just she's won just give it up you have to admire you have to stand back and give it to her and it's like I'm sorry. What did you, did, did I just hear the master admit <laughs> defeat? Because again, that's not something it's totally within his, uh, you know, purview to, to admit that, but it happens so infrequently for the, for the gentleman and him to go, mm, okay, you got me. But then immediately until I come back, you know, <laughs> and then, so the, the plan is in motion already. Uh, it was just this, Oh, and I went I, immediately. I was cooking dinner as I was listening to it. And then Mel came home and I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I, and I told her about the thing and she was enraptured and it was like, oh, that's it. I was like, yeah, it was a really good one. So I just, I loved I, this first story. I just don't think I could give it as high marks because while I, I really enjoyed the interplay between the two characters, I sort of felt like that it, the, the story and the setting is sort of underdeveloped because of that, because all we're getting are these little vignettes. And often it's a lot of the stuff that, that happens is off screen and per se, um, or, or between story or between encounters. And so I just kind of felt like I didn't think there was enough around that narrative to set it up as a, as high 
as as uh, you are with it. But I did quite enjoy it, and I think that is because of the interplay between the two players and this just beautiful, majestic dance that they're doing in this one up uh, one upmanship back and forth. So yeah, that's that's where I land on it. I, I liked it a lot. I just don't know that I I think that some of the story and the setting sort of is underdeveloped and and kind of felt empty. And see, I thought that at first, like maybe during the first quarter, first half of it, I was mm-hmm. there with you. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it doesn't matter. The, the The stagnant protocol as a whole is kind of the MacGuffin. It, it, it could be any kingdom anywhere. It does not matter. It's well, not important. <laughs> What's important is the, 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 the character development of these two people. And, and that's and in the name of the, how of, they're interplay. That's in the name of itself. The, the stagnant protocol. I mean, that says yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, that, and that's when I let it go and was just like, yeah, okay. I don't care what's going yeah, on. I with just the couldn't, food shortages. I just, I just couldn't <laughs> quite let it go. I, I think I landed somewhere in between it and it, having finished the box set, I think I like this story. Probably one of is it's, one of the top two in the entire box set for me. Yeah. Um, it's got the uh, fantastic political machinations um, that you kind of, that we, I honestly feel like Gallifrey has been missing a little bit. Yeah. This, this has the, Grant, this is more of an empire, so it's different, but it's got the political maneuvering and people trying to climb the ladder and politics and backstabbing all of that sort of stuff that I would have expected from Gallifrey all in a war master story. So I, I was enraptured through most of it and enjoyed the ride throughout pretty much the whole of this first part. Let me counter that a little bit too, because I think the mechanician mechanicians are good or not good. They are there in Gallifrey. They're not done well. That's the problem. They're done well in this and they're not done well in Gallifrey. And if they could be done at this level and this sort of, you know, backstabbing in turns, I think that would make the Gallifrey stories even better. I think the now problem with the Gallifrey stuff is they tried to add too much. They, they try to have things happen on screen, as it were, more so than they should. Where this one lets those massive events happen off screen and just are talked about and focusing on the political stuff. Yeah, they try to add too much action to the Gallifrey. I can see that. Yeah. I have to add a caveat there to that we are specifically, at least within the confines of this conversation, mentioning the Gallifrey war. Yes. War yes. Time. Sets. Yeah. And, and, and volume as, one. Uh, well, <laughs> and somebody who we did not listen that to one. any other Gallifrey well, we were, stuff. We reviewed volume well, one. Yeah. The volume one. You keep throwing that one at me and I really don't remember. <laughs> but I'll have to go back and read to it. But um, it, the, the, the rest of the Gallifrey stuff in between Volume 1 and the Time War may have some of the stuff. I'm certainly hoping it has the stuff. because this, this is true. Is, you said it. You hit it on the head, Keith. This is exactly what I want out of the Gallifrey set. And it's a good setup to the box set. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good setup. Don't get me wrong. It's especially a good setup for its book in piece, which is the last one. And I, it's a yeah. good setup for where the third story takes us, because I know the thread narrative and what is connected to all of this from that. It's the one we're about to talk about that I'm not quite sure where the pieces interlock. Keith, start us off on a quiet night in. I don't want to. I don't like this one. I don't <laughs> this one was horrible. I think the thing is, I, I this is I'm, one of the worst uh, ones I've listened to ever. I'm hearing this in your voice. I'm hearing the this was a good story, but you totally put my, one of my favorite characters in a corner, and then you cast her out at the end. <laughs> yeah, and you cut her down and took away what gave her agency that she earned in her life. Yeah. Yeah. I, the whole time when she was under the influence of the master, I thought she has learned to overpower this. And they gave us a drop line of, Oh, some smelling salt or whatever that made it. So it would work, but I don't care. You've completely undercut the character and demeaned her and took away all of her agency when she, when she left the show, she had a massive amount of agency and continued with that agency. Not only that, but in doing it with 
present day Joe. Right, right. Um, and and I, I mean absolutely no disrespect to the absolutely marvelous performance. She did do a great job. That, that um, Katie Manning. Why am I blanking? Katie, Katie. Katie Manning, thank you. Uh, um, the absolutely marvelous performance that Katie Manning gave. Because she did. She She totally sold it. But she maybe sold it too well because present day Joe felt befuddled and Alzheimer-y mm-hmm. and um, be- beyond the normal I'm being manipulated and confused. I mean, it, it, it literally felt like, I mean, it, it wasn't just a, a mental game. It felt like she was old. Yeah, and yeah. that that was an added stab in the, I I don't like this, which and we've had more other present day Joe in Big Finish, and they did not treat her this way. They treated her as a competent character, then mm-hmm. treated her like the competent character that she is. Now, listening to the behind the scenes stuff or the the uh, interview with Jacoby and and Katie Manning after the fact that did take some of the sting out because they laughed and they carried on and, and, you know, they commented about, Oh, poor Joe, what we did to her and, and, you know, how evil you were and, you know, how can you be so lovely here and offer me tea and do the evil things that you did yeah. in, in, in the booth? And, you know, so they, they have a good laugh about it, but at the same time, it, it doesn't take away from the, within the confines of the story. This is, I mean, I, there, there, there's one thing to do it and do it for the shock value of guess what we're going to do to Joe and the master gets one over on her. But then there's another thing to do it in such a way that really decimates her. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I felt it was fairly obvious that this haunted house was the master's TARDIS with the shifting rooms and everything. And mm-hmm. I felt like Joe should have cued into that a little bit sooner and didn't have to have that spelled out for her. Um, I didn't like the idea that her entire life may be a lie. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, you know, this, this phantom uncle, if he ever or existed, is the, the one least... that got her the job at unit. Because oh, now all of a sudden that takes away every bit of agency she ever had. And I, don't, I don't think they actually are trying to say that her entire life is a lie, but they've made her think that her entire life is a lie. Right. Which, and I mean, once, once you crack that door open. What, and, and, and that's okay. What my problem, I, I am, I'm going to echo everything you guys said with a caveat. This story, I was thoroughly enjoying. I, I, it was, it was very intriguing. I was, I, I was, Relishing in the confusion that was happening and wondering where are we going with this? How is this going to resolve? Where are we going with this? How is this going to resolve? All of the little like uh, maneuvering and just kind of toying with her and, and and making her very unsure of herself and what was going on. I thought that was really good. It was really compelling. It was something that I hadn't seen done with a, especially a companion before of such a beloved companion before. And I, I I was really excited about where this was going to land, and then it doesn't land. It ends up just leaving off with her thoroughly confused, you know, uh, rated and just completely in doubt of her entire life. And I thought, this isn't a story that you leave that way at the end unless you're going to revisit us, revisit it and allow her to regain all of her um, um, what's the, the word, uh, you, you used it earlier, Keith, uh, but agency, re- yeah, agency, regain all of your agency. You, you don't do this in a story unless you're building to something like that, because it is crafted really well. It's very mysterious and intriguing, but to, 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 to tear her down and leave her tore down and then not revisit or give her at least a chance to bring that back. That's where I've, that's where it lost me. I was like, okay, now I don't like this because of the way you ended this story. If this had been the first of a Joe box set. Yeah. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and we could have immediately gone to the next story to see what happens, that would have been one thing. I, I'd have been more okay with with that as, as being the, the kickoff for a, a larger story dealing with the fallout. Yeah, yeah. But as just a footnote, because that's all she is. It's the War Master's story. And Joe is simply a footnote, and he's just toying with her for the sake of toying with her. And the way in which it's done, because there's this whole rigmarole about these papers. They want you to sign papers. Are they trying to get the house from you? Are they stealing your, you know, you're taking advantage of this old man, everything. And then nothing ever comes of it. Like, I kept expecting maybe they were, he was going to switch that around on her, and that the papers actually were going to be, he was going to have her committed. And that that was going to be the, the takeaway, that she was going to say, no, you can't do it. I'm going to do this. And, you know, I'm going to make sure to sign everything for you so that nothing happens. And, do the, and that he was going to trick her into committing herself or something mm-hmm. and the confusion. That would have been the. But then the, the paper, the whole thing with that, after bringing them up over and over and over again, there were there were no papers. It gets dropped. Yeah. It, 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 nothing. It, that, that was part of the whole. That was like, well, then why did we bother focusing on it for so right, long? Right. Now the important and that's, part, of that, and, and part of that is why I did not enjoy the story, even the ride of it, is it felt like it wasn't going anywhere. It felt like it circled back on itself constantly, yeah. and it felt like absolutely nothing happened for, especially, especially in the larger cons, uh, the larger look of the entire box set in of itself. Well, the important part of it for the larger box set is if if the master in any way is to be believed the idea that he got her into unit because he wanted her in unit so that while at some point in time when she was hypnotized she broke into this vault right to get this vial right and that she could deliver it here now oh that's the viral that's the viral uh, that's, that's the one that has the carrying the plague that he ends up bringing back that's the actual plague Right. Okay. Right. All right. That's it's, the time. It's, it's I missed his, that his mutation of it. I mean, I remember. I remember the whole thing. I knew that he she supposedly manipulated her in order to get this vial with this. Yeah, with with what was in it. But I. I yeah. I just did not tie that together. That makes sense now. now. That's a no, little wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, even just. Yeah, I don't think it was so much. Also, he got her in the unit. I think he just. He he tried to in the doubting, making her doubt herself, use that lie. But I think in actuality, he just traveled back to that point to hypnotize her and get her to steal the vial mm. while she was working in units. Right. Not that he actually got her into units. I think the stuff with her uncle is still all actually happened. He just lied and changed her memories of it. Right. Right. I, I agree with that. That, that, yeah. that makes that that makes me, that sit a little bit better with me. If I, I can accept that as headcanon versus the fact that he was actually playing as her uncle all the way back in the in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't feel like something that Big Finish would normally do with a beloved character, which I think is what's quite surprising to me as well. But uh, very much seems like something that you would find in like one of the Doctor Who annuals or, you know, the, the short story compilations or something. So it, it was more shocking the fact that Big Finish decided to go this route with something. So, mm-hmm. Well, not only that, that they did it to us twice. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> talk a little bit. At least wasn't quite as. Let's talk rough. a little bit about the orphan. <laughs> um, well, Glenn, you start this time. Well, I, I thought this is to me the weakest as far as story through line. Now I agree with you guys that I dislike the second story more now, but because of where it went, this one, I felt like the storytelling was poor all the way through because, because we had just come on the heels of the last story and we know who the master is and that he's going to be manipulative. I was constantly throughout this entire story waiting for the other shoe to drop and for Sarah, not Sarah Sutton, <laughs> Nissa, <laughs> the actress's <laughs> name, waiting for Nissa to just discover it and figure it out. I knew that the master's manipulations were going to happen. I knew that she was going to be duped and I knew that she was going to end up becoming the victim and, and, and the uncertainty of it all afterwards. And so 
I just, I didn't like that because coming off the last story and even he telegraphs it to us at the end of the last story. He says, I wonder what other companion, you know, what other of the doctor's former companions I can mess with. You know, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he says it in such a way that you think, okay, well, the next person that he comes across is going to do the same thing. He's going to make them now, certainly in a different way. It doesn't make Nissa think she's well, in, at, at, at points, it, it's almost the MO is the same. She does think that she's crazy, but she's more thinks she made mistakes, not necessarily that she's doubting her own mind like Joe is. Yeah. But I just so for this one, the, the, the start off of the story is, OK, I was so let down by the other one. I'm expecting the same thing out of this one. And it, it doesn't disappoint from that uh uh, from that point of view, to me again, the, the the connection of what we were doing here was to the overall story arc was a lot more obvious to me in this one. So I just felt like, okay, we're going through the motions until he ends up getting what he needs for this one, and then we're going to move on to the next to the last story, which will probably be full circle for the first story. So that's where I landed on this one. I just it, I didn't like it because I didn't like it from the beginning because they had already telegraphed to me that it was going to be the master manipulating a, yet another companion that I love. Yeah. Very, very, very similar thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. c- coming off of the very raw ending to the Joe story and going into Nyssa, who is, I mean, I, I want to give them props for tackling two companions who have history with the master. Um, the, the, these are, these are not just random, you know, companion man- encounters. These these are are probably the two that have the most impact of history. Um, you know, if you were to do a third, it would have to be Grace, I think. <laughs> so, having having what happened to Joe happen, and then to follow that up with Nissa, and and knowing how raw this is going to be. This is the guy that wore your dad's body <laughs> for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And and we, we we didn't get a lot of that in, in the series. Yeah. It wasn't touched on. But again, big finish being big finish, they they've kind of reiterated that every now and then that it it's still there. That there that 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 hurt, that frustration, that anger, that hatred. Um you know, oh, there's there's my dead father up walking around, and it's your fault. I mean, that has to that has to wear on you. Um, so here he is with a with a whole new a whole new disguise and um, gaslighting, and I think that's that's the part of it that just rankles me the most. Is I mean, it's the master, so it's expected, but at the same time, again, these are characters that we like, and it's not cool what he does to them um but it's less cool that he does it to them for such really low stakes it seems like because i mean yeah he gets the vial from joe and then yeah he gets the uh virus uh variants from nissa with her research but I mean, it, it seems like that could have come from anybody. He didn't have to go to these two to, to do that. So it was more just a lucky strike bonus, which cheapens it in, in a way. That there wasn't a... The, these two were worthy of more than, you know, happenstance. Yeah. I wonder who else I can go get. It, it should have been part of a master plan. It should have been a grand reveal. Mm-hmm. It should have been a... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. so if you're going to take the agency away from these wonderful ladies, you could at least do it with a bit more panache. Yeah. And, um, and we, and so we, we, we don't, we, we were robbed of that as well. And better motivations, you know, this is the war masters. So I kind of anticipate in the entire box that, you know, it tying into the war and I mean, we'll get there for the next story, but from all intents and purposes, it's because he wants to rule this stagnant protocol. And that's the only reason why he's ruined these two women's lives. Yeah. Now I will say that despite the shortcomings of that, I did enjoy the third story more than the second story, just because the story itself was a little more interesting than Joe's descent into madness. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was at least more meat to the the bones of the of the storytelling, if you will. Um, There's a bit but, stronger of a through line and more of a solid, you know, plots as yeah. opposed to misdirection and confusion for an hour until you realize what's really happening. Yeah, well, it had, it had a beginning and a middle and an end. They may not have been a very good beginning and middle and end, but at least <laughs> there was some structure to it. Um, but yeah, overall, it was just kind of another placeholder until we get to the end. Which is called Unfinished Business. And this rockets almost. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite as high as the first one, but oh, it's back up there. It, in my mind, it kind of redeems the box set overall. But as good as the, the final one is, and this is more of a, a judgment on the entire box set, I feel like I could have just listened to one and four yep. and not had to mess with the other two. <laughs> Agreed. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it, it's effective in the fact that we take a break from this and we don't necessarily have this sort of run on because this one's done a little bit. We get the, the we sort the first third of this story, we get the vignettes again where it's the little back and forth between the two. About a th- third of the way in, it, it sort of settles into more of a settled time frame where everything is happening linearly. We're having everything happen for lack of a better word, on camera instead of behind the scenes. And so it sort of lands into that and makes it different. But I think the the one thing I can say for having this book ending a four-part box set is that it gives you enough time to for them to breathe so it doesn't feel like you, you've launched right back into the same thing in the following story. That's true. Yeah, I guess there's something to be said for that um, because I, I was thinking to myself that realistically we could have just had the master at the end of the first part go, Oh, I'll be back and then show back up in the next story. Yeah. And you would know that some time has passed, but not for, for what? And quite honestly, I don't think you'd have missed much. No, (laughs) you you, you would have known that he went off and, uh, you know, uh, regrouped and, came back with a plan well that would have that would have been the behind the scenes stuff that it was happening yes yeah as, as this story unfolds and you learn more about this new strain of plague and the fact that he has a wonder cure you'd have gone oh okay i mean so yeah there's no need for to find out how he got really there. it's it's superfluous almost and we we don't leave our two companions broken and nearly dead and contagious um which I'll be curious to see how they, how Big Finish is going to get them out of that. <laughs> um, but I guess it may, they may better get them out of that. <laughs> yeah, they better get them out of that. Um, I guess it just does. You know, it's yet another case of you know taking pawns off the board for the time war. Although these were pawns that I didn't feel were on the board to begin with. Right, because mm-hmm. it time was war. if you're, you're taking pieces off the board with uh, uh, Leela and and. Um, Ace, Ace. Uh, which both I felt were left without, uh, you know, at least they didn't strip their agency, but they were left without, you know, uh, just thrown away, thr- discarded, basically, just, just set aside at the end of the stories. And so that in itself was bad, but then you had to do this with two characters that were completely unnecessarily uh, related to the Time War. I mean, they're they're only now related because their interaction with the master who happens to be the master at the time that the time war is going on. I mean, it's, it's the uh, it's harsh, but it's the near equivalent of, okay, so now we need to do a box set where we go back and uh, we need to hit Ian and Barbara with a bus uh, so that we can make sure that they're not around for the time war. It's like, what? No, you don't. <laughs> I mean, just move on for Pete's sake. Stop, stop going after beloved companions. Mm. But yeah, the, the the second one, while it was more of fame to the first, um, I felt the final piece it, it carried on that through line. Uh, it was nice to have some more Calanthra and see how <laughs> her, her rule, for all intents and purposes, wasn't any different from the, her predecessors, which yeah. was a little disappointing. I, I kind of thought maybe that she'd have been different, um, not better per se, but different. Um, but no, she, she fell into the stagnant part of the stagnant protocol. Um, 
and uh, the master very, very swiftly and very easily came in and reverted to his normal type and dismantled her uh, and was back in form, uh, which was kind of pleasing after seeing him, you know, get his, as it were. Even when she had the perception of the upper hand and he's in the jail cell and we kind of get that illusion back to the beginning and the mm-hmm. first time we met you were in, in a cell and you were my guard. And uh, again, some wonderful exchanges. Oh, this is really lovely wallpaper. Oh, I picked it myself. And, you know, <laughs> months or weeks later, however long it's been later, you've been nibbling at the wallpaper. Yes, I have to confess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to flip that we've had all these lovely meals together and that she is now starving him to death. It's like, wow, you're cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know whether through Time Lord physiology or just the master being the master, this isn't going to go anywhere. But but still, it was, you know, it was cool to have that, well, how far are we going to push this? He <laughs> seems like he's actually kind of teetering. See, and then the insult to injury when she's eating in front of him. Oh, it smells <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I, th- I think, though, that Jacoby almost sells it too well for me because in his performance and I'm not undermining his performance because it was, it was beautiful and it was so well done. But unlike the first one where I kept, I felt like the master kept being one upped and then he would one up the, I, this was the long game one up of each other on this one, Mm -hmm. but I saw Mm -hmm. this one coming because he, he never let his imprisonment get to him. Because the master we've known in other carna- incarnations is gets becomes very impatient and very uh, worked up when he is basically when he's imprisoned he, he he gets he becomes very impatient and erratic and he wasn't in this and so I thought okay well you can maybe uh, uh, lend that to the fact that he's a different incarnation but. Because he was being very cordial and sweet and not at all vindictive in his tone, I knew he was up to something. I knew something yeah. was coming. So all along, I keep thinking he's not on his back foot anymore or, or he's not being one-upped anymore. He's the one that's one-upping somebody, and I've just got to wait for it. So Yeah. Yeah, that was very much felt like it was the impression through it all. And I, I, I feel like they missed it. I feel like they, were, they missed a joke. I would have really liked for him to have asked for what is the uh, what is the British uh, Teletubbies show that he was watching oh. in CD. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what it was. I feel like he should have asked for you know is is that program on here the, the warbles sort of, or something like that the warbles, the warbles or something. I feel like that would have been an absolutely stunning joke. Yeah, but maybe it's maybe it's a bridge too far. <laughs> At any rate. We've, we've got this beautiful setup and this, you know, like you said, he, he's, you, you know, you know, the master, especially in the fourth part of the box set, he's not really on his back foot. He's right. really waiting. He's just biding his time until the table flip comes. And then it comes and, uh, the Daleks show up and, uh, I could have actually used a little more with the emissary. Bit. Yeah. That, that was curious how that works. That's the weakest part of this is it felt like the emissary was a necessity in order to have a, uh, intermediary between the, uh, Daleks and the protocol. But the problem is now I wanted to know more about this person. Is this one of these ones that has the Dalek stock in its head that reveals itself later, you know, like we did in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Asylum of the Daleks? Or is this woman got, you know, a big robo uh, man head implant thing on, on the sides of her head? Or, you know, so I'm, I'm wondering more about this woman. She's not obviously not doing it out of out of sheer goodwill. And they they certainly didn't hire her. So I, I'm just wanting to know more about this woman. And I think that's where this falls down is we've created this character in order to be this intermediary. And I'm sitting here wanting to know more about why she is who she is. It, my head cannon is totally that she's got the head cannon that she's got the, the thing. <laughs> the... <laughs> Freudian slip there. My head yeah. cannon is that she has the head cannon. 
that, that's how I rationalized it. Because I had the same <laughs> thought. It was like, so is she one of these people or one of those people? Well, it's too late for one of the because the Robo Men surely they've evolved that design by now. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's what became the the ones that yeah, when they're is. yeah the have the dialect eye stock that comes out on the top of their head. They're they're, they're new Robo Men, but it's spelled in you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no one spells it that way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I could have used a little more with her, but she was a necessary function for. Yeah. Because we had to have basically a counterpart to the master and mm -hmm. the role that he was, you know, uh, playing in the first one. But so when we finally get up to it and then uh, we have this beautiful, you know, <laughs> empress in exile and she's fleeing and now I've given you a head start. And oh, by the way, <laughs> the Daleks <laughs> are waiting for you out there. Oh, and by the way, your ship's infected with plague. Oh, and by the way, I mean, it was just like one yeah. after another. After another. It was like, damn, you were pissed. Well, it was it was a bit poetic, and I'm not going to remember exactly how this was said. But earlier in that first box set, he told her that he would be that she would be running to escape. He would be in power, and she'd be running to escape. And mm -hmm. that ends up what happens. And in fact, so much so that it gets to the point where he gives her the chance to escape. And she stands her ground, and I thought, "Oh, you should have, you should have taken that opportunity when yeah. you did." However, mm -hmm. it was a moot point because he had already had the plan set up that she was going to end up, you know, meeting with the Daleks and already have the plague on that ship. So it wouldn't have mattered whether she left then or she stood her ground and left again later. So, yeah, by this point, he he's got his finger on the pulse that is Calantha. Yes. He has figured her out. Yes. So, and and that's what made the the puzzle piece work for me was that. Okay, it doesn't matter. He's 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 back on he's back on top. He's back in form, and you know, you 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 may have given me a temporary setback, and I'll applaud you for it, but no more. Yeah. And you know, oh by the way, do you like the wallpaper? It's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I quite enjoyed the book ending pieces of this one, but for as much as I enjoyed the book ending pieces of this one, I did not like the middle. The middle parts of the sandwich were no good. Brett was awesome. Overall, I'm enjoying the, the, the War Master stories, but for, for the most part, I sort of feel like they the majority of them, and I don't think I'd do it any different, but hindsight, the majority of them are so unrelated to the Time War that if you're if you're just sitting down to do Time War stories, I don't think a lot of these War Master stories are even necessary. Um, this there, one especially. Yeah, there, I mean, there are some that connect, but there's just some that does. it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. I think even our last, I think the last one we reviewed was the same way. So, but well, and again, quite honestly, I also feel like you do yourself a little bit of a disservice because I feel like Jacoby is, is such an amazing performer that it would be one of those, uh, it, it would be like a wonderful dessert that you get to pull out and have... And oh, I'm going to treat myself to some War Master. Yeah, and yeah. you get to listen to periodically versus mowing through the entire right. catalog Agreed. as we're doing. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that is something else that is is kind of an unfortunate side effect of how we're doing it. Is just yeah. that you know I I don't want to give the impression that I'm bored of him by any stretch, but it's it's just not. It it, it, it yeah. <laughs> but we're approaching these stories in the context of the time war and when it doesn't tie into it, it kind of makes it feel like considering the title of the box set we're killing some time here yeah with yeah. this story very on point on this one do you collect doctor who do you have doctor who items and you don't know you collect doctor who for all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. 
Well, coming up next on the schedule is uh, uh, some new uh, uh, Warmaster that uh, we only realized kind of slots in where it does. <laughs> so we, we've had to adjust things slightly. Uh, the Warmaster Self-Defense, which is box set seven. Uh, and just released last month. Just released last month. So this is hot off the press, as it were. Um, but it uh, would slot in between um, six and then uh, the rest of the Warmaster one, which we had planned on doing next. So we will go ahead and do self-defense next time and then go and do the rest of... Uh, the uh, Warmaster one, which is uh, the two, three, and four, only the good uh, mm. box set yeah, there. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then redacted. Dun, dun, dun. Because in theory, that will finish off Act One of the Time War. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, so, well, yeah, we'll actually take a break from the Time War to do uh, Doctor Who redacted. Get that one in before uh, Jody's season concludes in presumably October. I'm not sure it's official October, but that's what everybody's saying now. So, Halloween Saturday. <laughs> Be sure to check out our website, TravelingTheVortex.com, for any updates on this podcast. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by uh, clicking on our Patreon link and consider supporting us. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast and make sure you join in the conversations in our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else that uh, we need to touch on before we close this recording? I don't believe so. All right. If not, then until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.